Welcome to the new Sex and Happiness with Lori Handlers and her partner, Michael Gibson. You're about to dive into a world where amazing sex is just around the corner. And happiness is available to everyone at any age. It's time to learn a little, laugh a little, and explore sex and intimacy from every angle. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Sex and Happiness, a show about your sex and your happiness. I'm Laurie Handlers. And I'm Michael Gibson. And today we're going to talk about, well, first of all, today we're not on video. We're getting ready for a trip, and it seemed easier to just record like we like I did in the old days, like to just do audio. So we're just doing audio today. And the next few shows might just be audio. I don't know. We're actually going to be away. We're going to be in New Orleans for Mardi Gras. And we've never been there before. So it's a new adventure. We may do a whole show on it. We may, I don't know. What do you think? I think it'd be a lot of fun. And, and if we can pull together some video and some other stuff, which... We'll be able to do when we get there, so yeah. Yeah, so look forward to hearing about Mardi Gras from two people who have just never experienced Mardi Gras before, although I have been to New Orleans. I've not. Yeah, so for you, it's going to be very eye-opening. I mean, what I remember yeah. about New Orleans is going into a bar, ordering a glass of wine, and then wanting to go somewhere else and then putting my wine in a doggy bag. <laughs> <laughs> they put in a cup with a top with a lid and with they said go out in the street like i don't know any other city vegas vegas you can do that absolutely and in berlin we did that oh yeah berlin as well for sure yeah but yeah. i never saw a united states city where they would just put a top on your cup and say <laughs> okay and bye <laughs> thank you well, see that, ya that that's going to be a bit of um you know, a little bit of a culture shock. I mean, you know, I've done it in Vegas and, and, and other places where if you put it in a bag, like in California, if you put it in a bag yeah, and you drink your beer from a bag at a park or whatever, nobody cares. Oh, like a bag lunch. Yeah, but never have I walked into a place and said, I would like my drink to go and they give me alcohol and put a, a lid yeah, on well, it. Yeah, well, in no. New Orleans they do. <laughs> it's never so, happened to me before. Okay, yeah. that's what I mean. That's what I remember about New Orleans. I remember people... Dancing in the streets. I remember people, you know, acts like people playing music and street performers. Yeah, yeah. Wh what I told you was called buskers, right? In right. the UK. Yeah. Anyway, we're going, and so just be prepared to to see how culturally shocked we were. <laughs> anyway, today I want to talk about one of the aspects of sex and aging. It's not one that we've covered before. I've covered a lot of aspects on sex and aging in the course of the last few years on sex and happiness, but this is different. I was reading an article from the New York Times Magazine that uh, was sent to me, was forwarded to me, and it had a lot of different aspects of sex and aging, mm. and it featured a few people that I know, and... Um, this particular aspect had to do with being older and feeling like a, a different feeling from feeling younger. Like, so when I was younger, I'll just talk about myself. When I was younger, I really worried about what other people thought of me. Mm. 
-hmm. And I also worried about what my prospective partner would think of me. You know, like if I was too sexual, they would think I was a slut. If I wasn't sexual enough, they'd think I was a prude or I've been called a cock tease before. Really? Yeah. I've been told, some man once told me that, you know, he got blue balls from me not wanting to have sex with him. And I was like. That's a whole other. That's a um, line. I know. I I, I just said, I'm sorry for your problems, but um, Mm. it's not my problem. Right. And I left. I I didn't get coerced into that. I think that's a whole other uh, podcast that we could do. Okay. Blue balls. (laughs) On blue balls. The blue balls podcast. (laughs) So anyway, I, but I, I was quieter. You know, I didn't make as much noise when I was younger. And I didn't speak about what I really liked. And I didn't communicate with my partner, you know, this was really good. or, You know, I'm sure I made some noise, but I didn't make, I didn't, I wasn't unabashed. Mm-hmm. And something they said in the article on aging in the New York Times was, at least in the women's cases, the women, once they got over their hang-up of, being afraid to use a vibrator or whatever. Like, I'm not afraid of those things. Right. Um, but I did also used to hide those things from my partners. I didn't, I had a whole toy, you know. Box. Box of things <laughs> that I didn't, I didn't share with partners. So you never told them about your, your masturbatory uh, practices yeah, like I've um, had the, beyond the relationship. Magic no, I didn't. It was invented. Interesting. Um, and I, I, I'm on but my I've fourth had one because I burned out the motors. But I didn't use it with partners, and I didn't bring it out of the... So this is what I'm talking about, self-expression. Are, mm. you, are you following me? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, one thing is the other day, one of someone we know who met somebody new Mm-hmm. And she was feeling too chubby, and he was feeling too tall and skinny. They're definitely over 50, these people. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had a date, and they were going to spend a quality amount of time together. And her idea, after being around me, being influenced by me, her idea was, well, let's just get naked and get it over with. So they just stripped down their clothes and got over the fact that they were confronted with each other's bodies. Wow. Yeah, I don't know if they've had sex yet, but I do know that they've had real quality time together. And her fear about being too plump and his fear about being too tall and skinny, like they got over it by just taking their clothes off and taking a breath. That's pretty radical. Together. I think that's awesome. That is awesome, yeah. So what I want to talk about is more personal because it's about me and it's about you. And it's about an encounter that we had the other day where I was very forthcoming with you in terms of saying to you what I wanted, Mm -hmm. how I wanted my body to be worshipped and how I wanted you to appreciate me. And I then had the thought in the middle of everything, if I could have only said all this when I was younger... (laughs) (laughs) How much more fulfilling. Uh, yeah, how much more pleasure I could have had in my life. Of course, yeah. But you remember the moment where I said that. Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah. And I th- I just had this overwhelming thought, like, 
why did I never say these things to anyone before? And then I said to you, I must be really safe with you. Mm, yeah, you did. So I think there's two aspects here to to speak about. One is um, the idea of being fully self-expressed mm -hmm. and, and, and really going from my pleasure. And that's only happened to me in these older years. It ha it did, I wasn't like that in my twenties and thirties. You, you're you're much you're much more unashamed at this age than you were at a younger age. Yes, unashamed of wanting my pleasure the way I want it. Right. Because, Which I think is yeah. like should be highlighted. I think that's, and I think that is one of the benefits of aging. Mm, yeah. I'm not afraid about what you think about me. I'm not afraid about what others think about me. I'm not afraid of talking about this on this show. I'm not, I'm not, I just don't care. Yeah. Like this, it's mine. It's for me. And I don't have this image to hold up anymore or live up to or try to pretend that I'm not a freak or try to pretend that I'm not sexy or that I, I, like whatever the games are that we have to play, mm -hmm. because sex is so loaded, yeah. it's so we're tortured. Yeah, we it, are tortured. Wouldn't it be great if there was something that could train young people, train the shame out of young people, like to actually get there them. is something. Of course, there is. Insta. Right. Of course. I mean, there is something. I, <laughs> I was being facetious in oh. the question, but. Yeah, but and the other part of that being that um, the revolution of owning your own sexual nature desires, right? You, well, we're we're sexual from the moment we're born. The moment no, before X, we're born. Well, from from the moment XX and XY is determined in our chromosomes, that's when we become sexual beings, and we carry that through our entire lives. Mm -hmm. And so, and I've said this many times before. But where it becomes really difficult is when we have to then take that sexuality and try not to become um, the you know ostracized, a scarlet letter for our own desires. And I think that as young people, we're trying to navigate what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. How can I? How can I be um, sexual with this person? And make sure that I'm not going to get, you know, called a slut or... Yeah, I'm not going to be talked about tomorrow by right. that person and their friends. Or about, or talked about by my girlfriends. Mm -hmm. or, to, or, you know, punished by my parents. Right. Or so many things. And, um, you know, I feel like... The other day in our in our session together, I literally claimed it mm. more than I ever claimed it before. I claimed my pleasure. And and then the piece about you as a partner is that you're you feel really safe to me. I feel like I can show you those parts. You don't make fun of me. You don't There's things you make fun of me about, but not that. Mm -mm. You take it really seriously and you really are present and provide a safe space. And some of what we teach, you know, to men in specific is to, 
is a big part of it is to be present and that that presence creates a field of safety that's right for the partner and so i could say i feel that with you mm. and that has an element like it's both and it's not just i feel freer to express it's i feel freer to express and i'm in a safety net that is provided by you and your exquisite presence. And this is what I'm trying to convey to people. If I cannot be fully in my feminine and in my chaos and in my pleasure unless I feel safe. Right. I think that's common amongst women. Um, it, 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 as far as I know, some of the research that I've done, you know, you know about this. But some of the research I know I've done leans towards presence as the number one factor in having a good experience sexually. Right. So presence being, you know, I asked, I don't know, uh, 300. Three, 300 men and women. And I had, I, I had done this uh, 2017, I think it was, that I, I asked, I said, you know, what makes a, an exquisite sexual experience, like a level 10 top best sexual experience right. you've ever had what constitutes that what needs to be present in order for that to happen and the number one response was presence the second there were five the top five so the, the first one was presence the second one was safety the third one was communication the fourth one was connection and the fifth one oddly enough was skill right like sex tricks or or yeah. sex technique techniques right yeah, skill skill almost has nothing to do with it mm -hmm. when presence is present because then you just follow what you're present to, right? Um, which is which are cues in the body and cues in the face and cues in sound and whatever, and you just you can intuitively, if you're present, you can follow. If you're not present, you're in your head going, "I'm going to try this thing." Yeah. I'm going to try this trick next. Right. I'm going to perform. And performance, mm -hmm. it wasn't even on the charts. Like, it wasn't, there was no, no one said a number 10 sex experience is based on the performance. <laughs> or perceived performance. Of the partner. <laughs> right. Like, someone who thinks they're a stud. Yeah. And who or, ha or has, <clears throat> you know, um, some evidence that his skills... Are, are top notch and that he's really good I, at what he does or something. I, that's not the number yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, I was just in a training mm -hmm. recently where a person said it more than once, twice maybe. I know I'm a great lover. Said that as in part of his sharing in a class, and then in all the exercises was not at all present. You know, was looking around <laughs> the room and was comparing yeah. himself to other people, what they were doing in class. And I thought to myself, how is it that this person thinks they're a great lover? Yeah. Like, I already know that this person can't qualify in your survey yeah. because they're not present. They're mm. so in their head looking around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at what other people are doing or or what have you. And so these are these are the deeper secrets of the art of uh sexual, you know, mastery. Uh, and I say that tongue in cheek. Really the the deeper secret is how present are you? It's the difference between being on stage 
and and acting and performing it's just what you said you're you're in a performance or being in a conversation so being in a conversation the presence the level of presence that's needed is to be able to listen and respond yeah that's a conversation yeah and that is not the same as performing well when you're a good performer and you get paid for it mm-hmm. you're an actual actor or actress mm-hmm. then you make it look like it's natural like the right. conversations that you're having are natural like the things you're saying are natural like the it doesn't look like acting that's right and so that's why only certain people are paid for acting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and the reality is that if you're if you're in that headspace, then you're following a script. But your partner may not have that script in real life. Right. Especially when you're in a sexual session and you're doing things that according to, you know, and I'm speaking to men specifically here, that you're you're following the script that you know that has worked with other actresses, quote unquote, you know, air quotes, actresses, it doesn't work that way. No, because every every woman is different, mm-hmm. completely different. And what works with one not only doesn't necessarily work with another, it's it's pretty guaranteed to fail. I'm just gonna say it's it's uh Whatever you and I call people like that one trick ponies. <laughs> you do. I do. <laughs> I and mean, it's funny when you say it, when, especially when we're facilitating our extraordinary lovers weekends. <laughs> when you say that, the women and the men at the same time get this look on their faces because <laughs> the women know whether or not they're they're with a one trick pony, and the men are like, "Am I a one trick pony?" That's the look on their face. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's a question. <laughs> I actually said it in my last training that I just came back oh. from. I said, how many of you have been with people who are like one-trick ponies? And they all looked around the room, you know, at each other. Uh huh. So anyway, going back to my point. Right. My point is, I mean, because we could get, we got a lot of tangents going on here. Yeah. We well. could get really, we could go off on tangents. But what I'm trying to say is I think permission permission for pleasure Mm. permission to communicate exactly what I want and what I desire and then to really let go into it it's two things here has never been as tantamount as it is now in my life. Interesting. Never. It's like a new discovery for you. Well, I used to have a. I had. A, I used to have a strategy. Oh yeah. You may have heard this before. What's your strategy? Let's. My hear strategy was I could be really freaky and let go with someone I didn't care about. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. didn't care yeah. if he lasted or not, <laughs> and actually, I. I planned it such that I could be fully, well, what, not fully, nothing like I was the other day, but I could be more expressed with somebody that I didn't have any stake in. Yeah. You know, that I didn't care about. Like long-term designs. Yeah. Right. So that I didn't care if I was rejected for being... Over the top? 
yeah, too much, too sexy, too wild, those things. Right. Too slutty. And if it was someone I really cared about, I held all that back mm. because I was afraid that they would judge me. And um, yeah. I don't know anyone else who's ever told me that they had that strategy. Like, that was definitely my strategy. I own but, it. But what if that's the common strategy amongst women? And I don't know. This would be a great time to ask our listeners, is that true for you? Do you find yourself actually going through that strategy? And then the other side of that was that if you're with someone that you do have designs on, this is the other side of the strategy, or that you did find that you could be with for a long period of time. What was that strategy? I would hold back for fear <laughs> that they would judge me and not want to be with me. Uh-huh. And but you know when we in Ista when we talk about sex without hooks, right? I certainly didn't put any hooks in. Do you know like I might have put more hooks in the people that. Not that I knew about hooks then, right. but I might have put more hooks in the people that I was not interested in because mm-hmm. I was more fully expressed. Right. And I and I gave them a, maybe a great sexual experience. Yeah. And the others I held back because, well, if their mothers were like my mother, you know what I mean? <laughs> It makes no sense, but it made all sense to me. It made tremendous sense to me back then. So now you have a little bit of a different situation where um, you're in a relating where you can be as wild and too much and whatever it is that you love to be sexually and you can have your pleasure and you can eat it too. (laughs) You can have your cake and eat it too. I can. Um, That... I think is a um, that's a powerful place to start from so that, like I said, we're all sexual beings, 100 percent, regardless of how you identify gender, gender wise. We're all sexual beings. We all um, have the need for connection, not always sexual need, but there's a need for connection. And sex is a great way for us to do that. And um, and I say this often and I, I think it's what. Um, endeared me to you is that I believe there's a goddess in every woman. And then I say, and I believe there is a seductress inside every goddess. No, you haven't said seductress. You've said a slut. (laughs) I didn't want to say slut on the show today, but yeah, (laughs) there's a slut in every goddess. And the reason that I say that is because when a woman is connected to her her deepest sexual desires and has actually experienced her own pleasure. Yeah, at felt deep ravished. Rest, yeah. She then opens up and she feels safe enough to let out those ex like those deeper desires. And, and to be able to share that with someone um, is it's a special thing. It's yeah. Special. So, so, so going back to this New York times article, mm. they said, you know, People would be, the fears that they had, older people had, people over 60 anyway had, were having more wrinkles, having uh, chubbier bodies, having, you know, not perfect skin, not perfect faces, um, not perfect erections, you know, all these 
not perfect things. Right. Not like everyone younger has that the either. The imperfections of yeah. older age. Yeah, but the aging. but the things that come, especially with aging, yeah. that if they could just like turn the lights off mm-hmm. and get it on, then they were f- more fully expressed. Like yeah. they weren't as worried about their reputations. That's a big... The reputation is a really big thing. It is. Mm-hmm. And um, they talked about that, and I didn't... I didn't... I, n- I didn't add the dots up, but I read the article and I thought it was really good. I'm going to definitely reference it in this final chapter that I'm writing for um, my Sex and Happiness Over 60 book. And um, But when you and I were having this mad sexual encounter the other day, I it came to me in the form of humor, me saying... Why wouldn't have I ever been this direct before? It took me all these years to be this direct about what I want, and I'm having mm. so much pleasure and so much fun. It was like the best. Mm. And my body was still reverberating from it like a day later. Mm. And so... Wow. When you and I say that seduction is a team sport, it's like... Maybe I was never fully playing my half. Maybe I wasn't... Like, it's really intoxicating and seductive to be so straight about, I want this. Mm, yeah. Touch me like this. Yeah. Be like this. And maybe I just never was that straightforward about that before. Whereas I'm straightforward about everything else. Oh, yeah. Straight no chaser. So I... (laughs) So that's why I wanted to do this show. Yeah. I wanted to do this show and talk about that Mm. because I can't be the only one. And if I am, you know, if I'm the first one discovering this, I'm putting it out there to everyone out there, anyone who would listen to this show, you have got to make your sexual desires you have to put them on loudspeaker if you want to have the amounts of pleasure that I'm experiencing now in my life if you want to use sexuality not only as a means of pleasure but also as a creation as a way to fuel everything that you do and to really show up with a partner and have them really show up for you, it's necessary to put it all on loudspeaker to just get over the hang up of being found out, Mm. you know, come out of that closet, right? you know? So anyway, that's, that's my point in the show. I love it. If I, if I could add one thing to this from my perspective, and this is something that I found to be, um, I think it's the thing that makes a difference for men. And that is when women can share openly their desire. This is what I want from you. And you say this all the time. Men are asking, I just wish I knew what women wanted, right? When a woman will say what it is that she wants and she's just direct about it, that's hot. But what's even hotter is when she surrenders to him as he begins to deliver. But it's not really that she's surrendering to him. 
She's surrendering to her own pleasure. And he's just the... Oh, my God, that's going to be so loud. <laughs> Go ahead. She, and she... He's the... What you say, he's the orchestrator of it. He's the shaman of it. He's the bringer-outer of it. He's the... If he's paying attention, if he's present. He's the... Uh, the initiator. And also the benefactor mm -hmm. of it. But she benefits so much from mm -hmm. surrendering to her own pleasure. I mean, we saw a scene in a movie uh, last night or the night before where a person says to another person that she's just, she's just, um, they're just in, entering a seduction dance. She says to him, please, I, I don't want to, I know what it's like to be married in a marriage where nothing's happening. I know what it's like to be with somebody who, who's mourning or whatever. I, I know what it's like to be with somebody who can't get it up. I want to attract a really healthy man who likes to have sex. She said yeah. those words in this movie. Yeah. And we, you and I were really impressed with that. It was like, who writes that into a Hollywood script? Like a woman saying yeah. to a man, like, no, I don't want to be best friends. I don't want to sleep in pajamas. Right. I don't want you to be really polite to me the first moment. I want to see what you're like in bed. Like, yeah. I have needs. Mm -hmm. She said that in the, in the film. And I think it was Masters of Sex. We've been watching yeah. this, this uh, yeah. And it series. Was, yeah. It was Mrs. Masters. She yeah. was tired of... Yeah. You know, and so she said that, and we, both, you and I looked at each other, and we winked. You know, she said, <laughs> "Wow, yeah. take those pajamas off. Yep. They were stuck at a party, you know, or somewhere. They were stuck somewhere a with pajamas. Colony. Yeah, and so she said, no, I don't, I'm not interested in you being super polite. I'm interested in finding out what you're like in bed. Yeah. She, she said that. She wanted his passion. Yeah. Absolutely. His passion, Exactly. So anyway, mm. for all of you out there who want your passion and you want somebody else's passion, the key is that you have to express your own passion. Mm. And, the, and that ignites the other person's passion. And then you have, you know, you have things to contend with, but it's certainly not boring and it's certainly not run of the mill. It's so exciting, so hot. And that's what I have to say. And I, I've, it doesn't have to be reserved for older people. But the opportunity for older people to claim this is readily available when you no longer worry about what people think about you. Mm. And I say to young people, the sooner you could get over that, worrying about what other people think about you, the better your life will be. Absolutely. Well said. So there were other things in the New York Times article like lubes, which we talked to you about recently. We told you that we love our new lube, Go Love. It's great. It's amazing. Yeah, we love it. And we're an affiliate, and you can get it for 10% off if you type in the code sex and happiness. We So we said that to you. We... The article talked about toys and vibrators mm. and how people who are older need these things. Be also, they might need Viagra and Cialis. 
There's a lot of things that older people might need. The thing is that older people, once exposed to these things, like they're dedicated to it mm -hmm. and they don't have to hide. That's right. And so um, I'm encouraging everyone to come out and stop hiding and say what your desires are. If you don't know how to do it, we did the bubble on an earlier show. You can go back to an archive and mm -hmm. watch Michael and myself do the bubble, and you can figure out how to tell somebody your desires, fears, and boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. So. Thank you, Lori. You're welcome, Michael. Great conversation. Thank you. Yeah. So that's it for today. We welcome you back to our next show. Our next show will probably be on the road somewhere in NOLA. And we'll be a little wacky, I think. Because <laughs> I think everybody in New Orleans is wacky at Mardi Gras time. We're going to have some Cajun, too. I know, you know, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to do all the foodie stuff. And, and uh, I think we're going to go see some live shows. And yeah, we're going to Tipitina's. I'm going to show my breasts and see if I can get some. I don't have breasts, <laughs> but I'm going to show my, my chest and see if I can get some, um, some beads. Some beads. Yeah, who knows? It'll be a lot of fun. And we're going to eat a king cake. Oh, yeah. I hope I get the baby. <laughs> the baby and the king cake. Anyway, so we'll be back with you soon. Please tune in for another episode. Maybe we'll talk about sex in New Orleans. Mm. What is that like? Well, yeah. Well, I think our next episode um, will be a little bit about the polarities, which we've talked about in the past. But, uh, yeah, keep an eye out for our upcoming episodes in New Orleans. Okay. So this is Laurie Handler's. This is Michael Gibson. We're signing off for Sex and Happiness this week. We'll be back again, and we'll be with you next. I don't know if we'll be on screen or we won't, but we're waving to you from here. Bye. Bye.